The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, happy days to you and your pets. We welcome you and the rest of our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You are listening to the Pet Buzz. Well, I have to say it's cold in Florida, and I know that cold weather in Florida doesn't compare to the rest of the country or that y'all up north or in the Midwest or the Northwest kind of agree. But honestly, we kind of have the same feeling about what it is, what we do or how we act when it's cold. I think on those cold days, we don't really want to get out of bed. Right, Doc? Mm-mm. And neither do our dogs. Mm. No, I mean, this morning I was working from bed and the dogs didn't want to move. <laughs> they really don't want to go outside when it's too cold. So what do I have to do? I give them shorter walks, but I have to figure out ways that they can burn off some energy when they're indoors, especially Church, who's a puppy who wants to run around because he's always tussling around with Wally. So I have some soft toys like these Chuck It toys here, these soft toys that look like they're carpeted. Mm. They throw those around and and they hit the walls and stuff and they don't damage any of the furniture. And uh, so that's really kind of fun for them. They grab them. Each little dog grabs one side of the football and runs around. And then there's Hammy who's a little bit more sedate. He does like some, some, I have a small agility set and they, they jump over the agility set, but he likes mini training sessions and puzzle games. So that's kind of fun. That keeps him occupied. And even Morrow who can't see his difficult seeing, he likes a daily massage and he'll sniff with the puzzle games and try to bat, you know, some of the puzzles and open the slits. And he likes, I try to give him a quickie walk at least once a day by himself, because with the other three dogs, it's a lot. But you know what it made me realize? Just coming up with all of these activities in this cold weather, it kind of reminds me of like pets are like kids. You have to find something that will motivate them because they all have their likes and their dislikes. And of course, it goes along with each individual pet personality. So I think pet parents in general, you know, like me, like you need to foster their needs and their likes so that they can be the best they can be. Don't you agree, Doc? I do. And I think that if you don't find ways to keep them active, there can be some behavioral changes. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to wonder, why are we peeing on the floor? Why do we ask to go outside all the time? Why are they chewing on? Why are they chewing on? Yes. Yeah, or the couch. So to avoid that, find ways to keep them active and, and fulfilled. You know, indoor fun and activity is uh, is really where it's at during the winter months. And I think we have to kind of think about that. But you know what? what? It's time to get on with the big show. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's tell you what we're going to talk about today. Well, in Tell Me Something Good, we talk about how two mail carriers save a dog with a jug on its head. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Also later on the show, kid is fire safety expert Sharon Cooksey. She's going to join us to talk about winter fires and pets. And in Flex Facts, we're going to talk about winter hazards. Yep. 
And in segment one, we talked to financial columnist and radio podcast host Chuck Jaffe about what our dogs can teach us about investing. You know, when I saw your article yesterday, I was so excited because, you know, looking at my four dogs, I thought, I'm not the only one. So many Americans have really, I'm going to say, suffered the last two years during the pandemic. And now with the cost of inflation and prices rising, you know, it's worrisome out there. And here's the big question. So, Chuck, what can our dogs teach us about investing? Well, you know, the first thing that you got to recognize is that everybody wants to make things complicated. We want to make investing hard because, well, that way, if we're not good at it, we can at least blame it on how hard it is. But our dogs make things pretty simple and straightforward. And if you kind of take that approach to it, it'll work really well. And and it's a lot of different things. But back in the 2000s, there was a book that was somewhat controversial because, you know, people don't always like to be compared to their animals about you know everything I, I needed to know about men I learned from my dog or everything I needed to know about women I learned from my dog. Well, the fact is that you can learn everything you need to about investing from your dog just by kind of taking some of those behaviors and applying them and kind of treating every investment you come upon as if it's maybe coming upon an animal. Okay. So I have to ask you, what kind of dog do you have? I have a 13-year-old golden retriever. And I'll point out, if you Google lifespan of golden retrievers, it'll basically tell you 10 to 12 is what you get. So I have a 13-year-old golden retriever named Frio. And the the funny side is as he's aged, you know, our lives have turned around, right? Like I'm now the one who wakes him every day excited for the day. And I'm now the one who, when we go for a walk, he's like, hey, Chuck, you can go off leash and you can wander around and I'll be here when you get back. But although our roles have changed, it's still very much how we've always been. And that's part of it with your investments, you, that relationship with an investment changes as you get more money or you experience more success, or as you age and you get closer to retirement, but the investment is still the dog and that basic relationship is always still the same. Okay. So that was really kind of my question. What do you mean when you write, don't change your life for your investments? Well, things along the lines of, you know, these days where people are going, oh, I can get on Robin Hood and I can do whatever. You know, if you do not look at your investments hour by hour or minute by minute, and somebody comes here and goes, hey, on my phone, I, I'm now trading stocks. Okay, but they're turning their lives inside out to be able to do it. Because if they miss something, I mean, the market on Monday of this week was so crazy. It was down 5%, and then it came back and popped back up. If you were trading minute by minute, that'd be really hard. So you don't want to get a breed that makes you totally change your life. If you're picking a dog, you also don't want to get an investment that makes you do something different. Once upon a time in my life, at one time, I did a short sale, which is betting against the stock. You're basically saying, I'm betting that this stock is going to go down. And every minute I was doing that, I was nervous. And I'm not a nervous guy. That's not me. (laughs) And you can't ever allow an investment to change your life any more than you want to go, hey, you know, this is the life I lead. I'm not very active. I'm not very whatever, but I'll get a dog that requires me to change everything. That's not necessarily a good mix. That's what you want to avoid. Right. So I guess it's just finding a dog, pacing yourself and very similar to the same thing like your investments. Right. Okay. So um, let's talk about the short leash concept. Uh, You write short leash is just the thing. So talk to us about that concept. Well, 
you know, when you're training a dog, you want to try to make it that it gets some freedom on the one hand, but that you're not giving it too much leash on the other. Well, the same goes for your investments, whether it's I'm adding something that's maybe a little high risk. How do I feel about it? How do I know that I've got control of it? You don't necessarily say, oh, I've decided I want to add Bitcoin and cryptocurrency to my portfolio, which has become a much more common thing. But it's still that the average investor doesn't quite understand it all that well and go, oh, let me take my retirement nest egg and do this with it. You want to say, let me dip my toe in. Let me ex experience some of this. Let me keep a tighter control, at least on certain things, until I know that I'm more trusting. The same thing with your dog. I mean, you know, you don't give your dog too much leash and then complain that like, wow, my dog, you know, was out of control today. Nope. Take the control. Keep the control. You and the animal will be happier. You know, it's so funny because I'm just thinking of images of my new puppy, Churchill, who's seven months old. And just the whole process of training him, you know, having him come working in the backyard. And now I'm thinking how I'm going to apply the control issue of gradually feeling more comfortable with the shortly concept of what you're talking about when it comes to looking and reviewing my portfolio and diversifying. So, yeah, I think that's a great analogy. OK, so, Chuck, I'm so excited that you're here, but we need to take a commercial break. Can you stick around? Because I have a lot more questions. Absolutely. Happy to be here. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. Pet buzz Plus. Putting your pet on a diet doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy with Slim Paws. Slim Paws is a safe fat-fighting blend with natural ingredients like blueberries, but there's also vitamin B6 and leucine. All these ingredients help regulate energy and fat metabolism. And here's the best part. Slim Paws has been clinically tested and proven by a leading university that pets can lose weight on this program. All you have to do is give your pet a heart-shaped chew twice a day and really keep them moving with a little exercise. And you know what? In 90 days, he or she can lose about 20% of his body weight or her body weight if you follow the program. So take the 90-day Slim Paw Challenge with me and my dog, Hammy, and share your health and exercise ideas with us so we can all have healthier and happier dogs. Slim Paws is another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pets healthy you. You're likely listening to this at home, in your car, or somewhere warm. How would you feel if you were left in the bitter cold all night long, chained up? Please, take your dogs inside. Your dog is not going to be smarter or tougher because you made him suffer. Your dog is your partner. Treat him like a partner. If you're not respecting your animals, you're not respecting yourself. 
do not leave your animal out in the cold. Please visit PETA to learn more. Now you know what your dog feels like waiting for you to go on your daily walk. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Well, welcome back to the Pet Buzz. We are committed to discussing how to enhance the bond between people and pets. And I'm talking with financial columnist and radio slash podcast host, Chuck Jaffe. He's a great guy, and I'm so excited that he's here. Chuck is sharing his views on how dogs can teach us lessons about investing. Okay, so next concept that you write about is dogs like investments don't always mix and play well together. Talk a little bit about that, because I thought that was really interesting. First, my first thought was the dog part. Well, I mean, I'll simply point out, I have a, as I said, my dog Frio, a lovely, wonderfully behaved golden retriever. And he's an old guy right now. And he's never gotten, had a problem with anybody except one dog who lives around the corner up there. And that dog's now also an old guy and they still don't get along. <laughs> it's just always been something. Well, look, you're building an investment portfolio and everything needs to be able to function together. And if you wind up saying, oh, I'm going to go buy this mutual fund and that other mutual fund, and they have way too much of the same things, right? So you're not diversifying your portfolio. You're just kind of going, hey, this is doing well and this is doing well. Well, they're do both doing well, perhaps because they have the exact same stuff in them. Now you have a portfolio that if times get tough, maybe you're going to wind up getting hit a lot more. You need to understand how the things in your investment portfolio play together the same way you need to know, like, hey, if I let my dog into this playgroup, is there that one dog that's going to be a problem? You need to know how they mix together because you don't want to find out at the wrong time. Like, oh, wait, hold it. All of these dogs are alphas. And now there's, you know, fresh meat in the middle and they're all fighting for it. Right. And then of thus, of course, you're going to have a financial hit because you might have suffer an injury to your dog. Your dog might get hurt. Thus, what you said, the concept don't have too much of one thing because times can get can get difficult. An investment can take a, a hit and then you'd be out, especially if you have double mutual funds that are basically invested in the same type of commodity or various other investments. Good point. Okay, everybody, you're taking this in, I'm sure. Okay, lastly, can you explain if you fear the bark, fear the dog? Well, it's a it's a basic lesson that as much as I might anytime I see a dog want to go up to it or whatever, you know, you need to be somewhat wary of the signals that that an animal is sending you and how you're responding to it. So it's entirely possible that your neighbor is buying and trading Bitcoin or what have you. But if that's not to your risk tolerance, if you're going, I don't think I can stand that volatility, you don't do it because they do it. You don't do it because someone else, like you should never make an assumption that, oh, that dog would be great with me. We all know that there are certain breeds that appeal to us and certain ones that don't. And the same goes for investments. And look, as an investor, you need to make yourself uncomfortable. You need to be able to say, yes, I'm going to buy some things that 
maybe I'm not the most comfortable with, but they diversify my portfolio and they help me ride out and make money in all market conditions. But you don't have to go crazy towards it. Like, look, we live in a world where all you can hear people talking about is crypto. Super volatile. I won't tell you that you shouldn't own it. I will tell you that you shouldn't own it if it's not right for you. And that's that thing. Crypto, well, it has a lot of bark to it. It has an occasional bite to it. You don't like it. Don't go there. You can make a perfectly good portfolio without it. The same way you can find a dog that is right for you, even though in my case, it's my golden retriever. But when I was a boy, I was mauled by a neighbor's dog. I can tell you what kind of dog I'm not going to get. It's that kind. Okay, I have one more question. Is it Shiba coin or dog coin? Which do you prefer, Chuck? <laughs> I prefer <laughs> neither of them. Dogecoin is Doge, what they Doge. call it. Okay. And, and you should understand that Dogecoin was created as a joke. Okay? And I'm not sure that, uh, that it's not still a joke. Look, all those cryptocurrencies, let me just point out. When Bitcoin was first becoming popular, the most important Bitcoin exchange, it doesn't exist anymore because it imploded and collapsed, was a website that was created for the trading of Magic the Gathering cards. If I told you that was what you were investing in, you'd go, this is nuts. Shiba Coin was the legitimate one. Dogecoin was made as a joke after that. By the way, there's a hundred or a thousand others that have dog-related or animal-related. There's DuckDuckCoin. Pick your favorite animal. There's a <laughs> cryptocurrency that's got it in its name that's probably valueless. So stick to the ones, if you're going to do that, that are you know maybe the breeds that are a little more proven and tested where <laughs> you're going to be a little more likely to find kennel club standards, as it were. You don't need to go out there and, and jump in all of that. Well, you know, the funny thing is that so many people based on these canine related cryptocurrencies are actually getting the dogs to match the currency. I mean, Shiba Inos are exploding. So many people want them, especially in Asia. I mean, it is an Asian breed dog, but so many people have it. And then Elon Musk doesn't help because he's always talking about Shiba coin, right? Yes, I'm going to reach over here for just a second. I'm just going to point out that this is a genuine fake Bitcoin. How do I know that it is a fake Bitcoin? Because I can hold it, right? Yeah. So if you don't understand that basic, that like, hey, we show it to you, and it's a coin with a dog on it. It's not a real thing. You're not investing in this. Right. You can't spend this. So, you know, we can love our dogs. Please don't let that <laughs> be, I, you know, and I'm sure there's feline coins and a bunch of others. It's all fine if you want to do the crypto thing. Do not let your love of animals be what sways you. Take the attitudes <laughs> you have with your animals, bring it to your dogs, uh, bring it to your investments. That's great. But don't let the, you know, be swayed into, ooh, it's a pretty dog on a nice coin. Let me go buy that. <laughs> well, Chuck, thank you so much for joining me today. Before you go, give us your website so that people can learn more about you, your dog, Frio, and your column in your radio show and podcast. Well, the basic landing spot for all of that, and thank you for asking, is moneylifeshow.com. Moneylifeshow.com, all put together. They will find my most recent column, 
picture of Frio right there when they click on it is basically saying everything you want to learn about investing, you can learn from your dog. Great. Well, just to remind you all, that was financial columnist and radio podcast host Chuck Jaffe talking about what dogs can teach us. I can totally appreciate how Chuck applied his dog experiences over the years to his investing philosophy. So let's come back with Celebrity Peppas and later on in the show, learn how two mail carriers did more than just deliver the mail, but how they helped a desperate dog in need. They got a jug off of his head. They saved his life. See you soon. Now, here's another treat for you from Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Hi, I'm Maria from California, and I'm a listener of the Pet Buzz. I love my dog, Lily the Labradoodle, so much because we have a blast together, hiking, going to the beach, and even shopping for her toys and treats. Life would be so boring without her. And I'm so excited to tell all you Pet Buzz listeners about my dog, Lily. We're kind of like your pet. We love being social on Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Hey, I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. Did you know that humans can give COVID to their dogs and cats? I got the shots to protect myself, others, and my dogs, Maro, Wally, Hammy, and Church, as well as my cat, Hayden. My pets are my family, and I want to keep them safe. I encourage you to get the COVID-19 shot and the boosters. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. Tevra Pet and Slim Paws, proud supporters of the Pet Buzz. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! So, Dr. Fleck, what are we talking about today? Well, Charlotte, the bitter cold winter months always brings a slew of new hazards for our four-legged family members. I want to highlight six common winter hazards that I've seen as a veterinarian, but I'd also like to point out one other thing, that when the weather turns abruptly like this, that's a stress on us and it's a stress on them. So we notice that we might pick up colds, the flu, or other sorts of medical diseases. But, you know, if if you have a chronic ailment, for example, if you have a chronic ear issue or you have chronic GI tract problems, just this change in the weather can bring that back on again and bring it to the point that it might need medical attention. So as we've had a change in, in the weather here, I've seen a lot of ear issues, for example, when there's been nothing other than the change in the weather to bring that on. So just be aware of that, that if you have your pet with the chronic issues, GI tract, okay. ear issues. Right. And that's and we're and that's health. But that's that's I mean, that's great because it's we're identifying some of the health hazards. These are some of the things that are a combination of health and things that go on. So what's the number one or the numero issue? The number one issue that we see with really cold weather yeah. in particular 
frostbite. Oh, okay. So all dogs are susceptible to frostbite, but it's more common among dogs that aren't used to being outdoors. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Frostbite starts out as a blemish and turns to a blister and turns black when there is severe tissue damage. When it turns black, that area will slough off and be subject to secondary infection. The dog then can lose a toe if subjected to prolonged exposure. And if you suspect your pet has a frostbite, immediately, immediately take him or her to your vet. Okay, that makes good sense. Uh, is ice melt on your list? Yes. Ice melt can make dogs sick by just walking on them and then licking the paws and digesting the ice melt. Watch for limping, excessive licking of the feet and redness to the skin area between the pads and the toes. Mm -hmm. So I recommend buying pet safe ice milk. Sure. I mean, I think that's that's where it's at. OK, what else? Well, it becomes dry during the, the cold weather. So dehydration. OK, so with the cold weather, water bowls for outside pets can freeze and prevent your pets from getting the water they need. You need to check the bowls on a regular basis. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, but really, pets should not be outside in this cold weather. Yep. No, they should be inside. Yeah, most of our pets aren't anymore. Yeah, I know. But so occasionally you see somebody with a pet outside. I mean, even my neighbor has the pet outside. It goes inside at night. But, you know, in the morning, it's still cold out. The pet spends most of his time and outside. And if it's cloudy, it can be really cold during yeah, the day. Yeah, because there's no sun. Okay, talk to us about antifreeze toxicity. This is a real popular problem during the cold weather. Mm -hmm. Cold weather brings about the need to put antifreeze in your cars. Antifreeze tastes sweet to dogs and cats, and a very small amount can, it can be fatal if ingested. So check the floor in the garage and the ground regular for leaks. And I also want to mention not only for the antifreeze, but how about the rodenticides? That toxicity is very harmful to the pet. The cold weather often drives critters toward warmth, reaching for rat bait or mouse poison can see like the logical choice, but the poison has been flavored to make it more enticing to eat. And many pets will readily eat it if given the chance. So if left untreated, Rodenticide poisoning can be fatal. Keep both the antifreeze and the rodenticides locked up, especially when baiting your areas. Make sure pets are not at risk or will not frequent these areas, please. Yeah, that's actually good advice. OK, what else, Doc? What can you think of? Well, just like people during the cold weather, we can feel it ourselves with mm -hmm. our osteoarthritis. It's a cold weather problem. Cold weather can ex exacerbate some older pets with their achy joints. So keep pets warm and off draft floors, too. Remember yeah, the that. floors get really drafty. Sure. Mm -hmm. So look for good orthopedic beds that can support their joints. Snowsuits can also be helpful by covering and protecting possible achy joints from that cold streamy weather. Sure. Especially when you're going outside and you have to walk your dog. Yeah. Just think of herself. Yeah. I mean, my dogs had sweaters, yeah. coats and snow suits in New York. Um, they really didn't have footwear because it would always seem to get lost somewhere on the walk. So I just stopped wearing the footwear and it was just too difficult. I spent more time on the walks picking up the footwear than I did anything else. 
You know, and so lastly, I just want to say that by being aware of potential winter dangers for your pets, you can help prevent them and be better prepared if you encounter one of these hazards. And it's so common to have these problems exist. Please be aware, pay attention. And that's all the Flex Facts for the week. Thanks, Doc. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. Hong Kong has euthanized about 2,000 hamsters and other small animals after a pet store worker and several rodents tested positive for coronavirus as the city pursues an uncompromising zero COVID strategy that's happened for the last two years. The announcement by the Hong Kong government last Tuesday was met with outrage by pet owners and animal rights advocates with several petitions circulating online for authorities to reconsider their policy. You know, after investigating the pet store, officials said that 11 hamsters imported from the Netherlands had tested preliminary positive for COVID, raising concerns about the possibility of animal to human transmission. You know, as a result, authorities seized all the small animals in the shop, including hamsters, rabbits, guinea pigs and chinchillas to be tested and euthanized, regardless of the results of the test, citing a health hazard to the public. Additionally, all pet stores selling hamsters in the city have been ordered to hand over the animals so that they can be put down with similar orders for anybody who bought a hamster leading up to Christmas, beginning December 22nd. So more than 20,000 people in Hong Kong have signed the largest online petition urging the government not to call the animals, not to kill the animals. Some social media users say hamsters may have been bought for the holidays as gifts for young children. You know, the Hong Kong Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, that's the SPCA, said in a statement it was shocked and concerned by the government action which did not take animal welfare and the animal-human bond into consideration. Hong Kong has stuck to a zero-COVID approach, aiming to stamp out all cases internally while mating strict border controls, even as increasing transmittable variants, first Delta, now Omicron, make it more and more difficult. You know, and generally, international health authorities have said the risk of transmission from animals to humans is possible, but it's extremely low. And this is one of the reasons that so many folks in Hong Kong, Hong Kong residents are really fleeing the country. I mean, Hong Kong, as if you don't know, is a financial hub. But the big problem for all these residents is they're unable to secure flights out of the city for their dogs and cats, leading to online groups where desperate pet parents try to pool their money to cover the cost, get this, of renting a charter plane, which could cost as much as 20K to fly from Hong Kong to New York. One business that has been instrumental offering these private flights for business executives is now working with group rentals for pet flights. Top Stars Air is a private aviation company. It's not really used to transporting dogs and cats, but now they are. And coupled with the fact that they're also transporting hamsters and rabbits, the company has even handled requests to transport birds and parrots. And although a lot of people in Hong Kong have relocated, they have left their pets behind and now they want them to join their families as they have relocated. So Top Stars is handling all this business. And specifically, after they have euthanized about 2,500 small animals, people are, are happy to leave. 
because they feel if it's going to be a hamster, a dog and cat may be next. So where are these pet owners moving? Well, Tom Starr says that uh, the busiest routes are London, Singapore, the United States, Canada and Australia. So here's the question. I'm curious. Would you do the same? Would you hire a private plane if you could relocate your pet if there were no other options available? I know I would. Brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. You ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. I don't know about you, but on a regular basis... I'm found talking and singing to my dogs and cat. So when I actually spied on Instagram, married couple Kevin Bacon and Kira Cedric serenading their farm animals, I was totally intrigued. So in the video, they sit outside a barn against, now get this, a thin layer of snow on the ground while the two are performing their rendition of the 1969 track, The Two of Us by The Beatles. Bacon strums along on the guitar and Sedgwick plays the ukulele. Who knew? And all around them were dogs and goats and miniature ponies grazing around their feet. It's great. We're going to put it up on our social media feeds. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to love it. Introducing the new PetBuzz.com website. ThePetBuzz.com. It's got a whole new look. More graphics, great pet pics, video versions of our guest interviews, more of Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, and ways for you to save money. ThePetBuzz.com. It's a whole new look. ThePetBuzz.com. So, Michael, I recently read an article about cat fires in Seoul, Korea. In Seoul, Korea. I know, I know. The article included a statement by the Seoul Metropolitan Fire and Disaster Department that noted a staggering number of fires caused between January 2019 and November of 2021. Caused by what? Caused by cats accidentally switching on electric stoves by jumping on sensitive buttons. You know, everybody, especially in Asia, there's a lot more computer innovations. So cats were jumping on the stove and like touching the buttons. And then, of course, there were fires. So I started thinking about cats in our country and if they were and dogs and if they were doing the same thing. With these pets causing these house fires, particularly cats, we turn to Sharon Cooksey, the fire safety expert at Kidda. Yeah, our old friend, my old friend. Yeah. Sharon, welcome back to the Pet Buzz. (laughs) Thank you. So glad to be here and hearts to both of you. Thank you. So glad to be here. Two of my favorite people on the planet right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Okay. (laughs) So, Sharon, I'm sure you can agree that this is one of the really important subjects, especially now in the winter months when pets and their their pet parents can literally be put out in the cold if fire strikes their home. Um, yes, exactly. We are very concerned about helping protect everyone's home and their family. And that includes your four-legged family as well. I mean, if you're like me, your uh, four-legged family dog or cat is, well, it's family, right? So we want to make sure to keep them protected. And a lot of pet parents may not realize that Actually, December and January are the top home fire months of the year. 
And then February and March follow on because, again, of the cold weather, people are staying indoors and they're doing more things that pose potential fire risk. So we want to make sure that everyone knows what to do. Okay, so Sharon, I I guess this is par for the course. So are dogs and cats in this country also turning on appliances and causing house fires? What we do know as a fact is that pets in the U.S. start about a thousand fires every year. And primarily, it's exactly what that Jack Russell did. He was going for food. So we caution every pet parent to be very careful about leaving leftovers on the stove, right? On the stovetop. I mean, I know I have done it in the past. But what happens is you guys know this. A lot of pets are really food driven. And so they they want a taste of that pepperoni pizza too. So they will start to jump up and they can accidentally hit the knob um, and turn a stovetop on. Uh, they can, if you're a cat, and especially like you're talking about in Korea, they can walk across the countertop and actually accidentally hit the touch buttons. They can turn appliances on. I mean, we've actually seen a case where... Um, a, a pet turned on a clothes iron. He toppled it over. He, it was the iron was on an ironing board. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And he was running after something and it toppled over and it accidentally turned on and the whole house was a total loss. You know, it's funny that she mentions that because I am one who does iron at night in front of the TV sometimes. And I iron everything that doesn't get dry cleaned, even t-shirts sometimes even don't laugh because you're a Southern girl. You would appreciate this dish towels. I iron the dish towels. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's like, like uber Southern. Right, that's, <laughs> like, that's like your grandmother. That's like your grandmother. Okay. Your grandmother Southern. So it's actually, it's funny. It's embarrassing. So, I, you know, and they always have bees on them or, or dogs or whatever. So, or flowers or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And I've walked, I mean, I've walked away and left, you know, the iron on. If you're walking away from appliance and this applies to two-legged and four-legged family members, un plug make sure that your home is safe like for instance my safe heater which is a really common cause of house fires right our space heaters as a matter of fact it's the number two reason for uh, home fires behind cooking so make sure i unplug it sharon how else can pets cause fires well, they can knock over candles, especially cats. Cats are really attracted to that live flame. I think it's the flicker. You guys would know more than I do, but I think it's just that flicker. They're attracted to it. So we strongly recommend the use of flameless candles, right? That give that same kind of ambiance that you really want um, out of a candle. I mean, especially on those romantic holidays, like a Valentine's Day, an anniversary, etc. Like we strongly recommend flameless candles and space heaters, especially during the cold months. Make sure that your space heater has like a tip over feature on it so that if your pet were to brush against it and accidentally tip it over or try to even play with it, that it will shut off if it's tipped over. And more on space heaters, because I could talk about this for uh, hours on end, is to make sure that your space heater has like that cool touch feature, 
Right. Because, you know, if you could think about your space heater as a portable fire, because that's really what it is. And you don't want your pet who's unaware that that thing is hot to brush up against it and accidentally hurt themselves, too. So look for a space heater that has a tip over feature, that has a cool touch feature and has a super long cord. Believe it or not, experts recommend that the cord on your space heater be five feet, at least 70 inches long, because that space heater needs to be three feet from anything flammable. I mean, we've seen it time after time after time. A space heater is up to next, too close to a bed, to the linens, to a sofa, to drapery, and it catches the whole home on fire. Sure. This is like, and I'm not trying to scare you guys, but in today's environment, you, your entire family has like as little as two minutes to escape once the fire starts. Wow. You just want to make sure that you are buying a good sound piece of equipment. I couldn't agree more. Um, make sure to look for UL listed or UL certified. That's Underwriters Laboratory. They're an independent testing authority. They make sure that things work. Uh, you know, across the border in Canada, CSA, look for that. Or ETL is another listing. Just make sure that what you're buying is legit and that it comes from a reputable retailer as well. Yes, agreed. Hey, Sharon, we need to take a hard break. Can you stick around for another segment? Because I know Doc and I, right, we have more questions. And yeah. plus, it's always fun to have Sharon here, right? Yeah. <laughs> You guys are so sweet. You couldn't kick me out if you wanted to. So I'm right here. <laughs> okay. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. So our show today is brought to you by Slim Paws, a canine weight loss program. You know, Slim Paws is a safe fat fighter blend of ingredients such as blueberries, vitamin B6, and leucine that can help your pet, according to clinical studies, lose 20% of his body weight in 90 days. The program's simple. One Slim Paws heart-shaped chew twice a day. Easy, right? Losing the weight will make your dog happier and healthy. So what are you waiting for? Take the 90-day Slim Paw Challenge with me and my overweight dog so that we both can have happier, healthier dogs. They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz. Enhancing the bond between pets and their people. So we're back with Kittis Fire Safety Expert, Sharon Cooksey talking about how to protect pets from house fires and so much more during the winter. Let's change the area a little bit here. Instead of talking about fire, let's talk about chemicals like carbon monoxide. Yeah, here's the thing. Carbon monoxide, um, a lot of people are aware that carbon monoxide can be 
deadly. It's a poisonous gas, right? It's naturally occurring in the home, especially if you have appliances that are not powered by electricity. So if you have anything in your home that's natural gas or kerosene, propane, even wood burning or gasoline, you know, those things can produce carbon monoxide. And we know that humans, about 50,000 people every year go to the hospital with carbon monoxide poisoning. And uh, here's a startling statistic is that uh, every hour, U.S. fire departments respond to nine CO incidents across the U.S. So wow. every hour, nine CO incidents. And, and by the way, we suspect strongly that this is underreported because CO poisoning in humans uh, acts and feels like the flu or a stomach virus because, you know, it, all the symptoms, the symptoms mirror all the way down except for a fever. Carbon monoxide poisoning typically doesn't have fever with it. But a, t a tip for everybody who's listening, here's my number one tip is if you're in your home and you feel not so great, like you're a little lightheaded, you're dizzy, you know, maybe you're having muscle aches and pains and you leave the home and you start to feel better and then you come back and you start to feel worse, that is a sign that there's carbon monoxide in your home. So just, just a tip. But here's the other thing a lot of people don't really recognize is that pets are highly susceptible to carbon monoxide, even more than they're humans. And uh, we've, I've personally done a lot of study and research into this topic because it really hasn't been talked about a lot. So I really appreciate you guys bringing this up. Um, carbon monoxide really impacts pets sooner. So if you think about the canary in the coal mine, that's really how it is with um, pets. And so we think that it's because of the respiration rate. So generally speaking, you guys know this more than I do. Generally speaking, pets breathe two breaths per hour one. So they have a much lower threshold for carbon monoxide concentration in their bloodstream than humans do. And especially during the winter time when, you know, we have more of those heating appliances going that could offset carbon monoxide, like a natural gas furnace or a heating oil furnace, you know, those kinds of things. We really, really want to make sure that every pet parent knows how to identify the symptoms and signs of carbon monoxide toxicity in their pets and um, to make sure that they know how to protect their pets as well. well what would be some of the home um, appliances or, or objects that would, would make carbon monoxide? Uh, first and foremost, I'm just going to say right off the top, if you have a generator, please do not ever bring it inside, ever, ever. Yes. One, right? So one generator running indoors can offset the same carbon monoxide as 100 idling cars. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So wow. just, just make sure that you never, ever bring it indoors. I mean, never. Like, this is absolutely off limits. And a lot of people are like, oh, I can put it in my garage with the garage door open. No, 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 no. especially if it's an attached garage because they share a ventilation system attached garages in the primary residence too. So, so don't cook in your garage with the garage door open. Don't think you're safe just because that garage door is open because enough oxygen might not be able to enter and flush out the carbon monoxide. That's good. No. So any, anything that has a carbon print, is something to be concerned about. Hey, yeah, that's a good way to sum it mm -hmm. up, a carbon print. You know, uh, so let's talk preventative measures. Mm -hmm. What can pet owners um, 
do to protect their pets? Specifically, I'm interested in talking about equipment that they can can help them or that they can acquire. So, um, so what are some of the things that we need to have in our homes to protect our pets? Love it. So first and foremost, working smoke alarms. So by working, let me explain what I mean by working. Here's a smoke alarm. I just happen to have one. Just happen <laughs> to have one. Um, a working smoke alarm is um, number one, under 10 years of age. Every smoke alarm, I mean, every smoke alarm, I often hear from people like, well, my contractor installed my smoke alarm when he built the house. Well, when was your house built? 2006. It's, it's got to be replaced, but it's hardwired. No, it needs to be replaced. Even the hardwired ones do. Even if you change the batteries, even if you hit the test button and it still looks like it's functioning at 10 years, that alarm is no longer falling in under the definition of a working smoke alarm. So just make sure to replace every smoke alarm. If you don't know when the last time you replaced your smoke alarms, it's a really good time to check. And if you don't know when they were last installed, there's a work around. It's a work around. It's not exact, but it's as close as you're going to get in the absence of information. So on the back of every smoke alarm is a manufacturing date and you just add 10 years. So that's my tip on smoke alarms. That's um, easy so, enough. That's okay. easy enough. Sharon, thank you so much for being with us today. What great. Really great information. Yeah, especially, especially at this time, time of the year. year. Yeah, without oh my a God. doubt. But before you leave, can you give us your website? I would love to give you our website. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be with you, too. Again, two of my favorite people on the planet. And our website is Kida, it's K-I-D-D-E.com. We're also on social. And if you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to send us a DM. You can slide into our DM. Uh, and uh, guess who answers a lot of the questions on the back end of our <laughs> oh, <social. laughs> okay. I thought she was going to say Xander, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Well, you know, and like I said, it's always great having Sharon here. Um, she's a fantastic guest and always provides full of energy, too. Full of energy, great <laughs> information, stuff that we can very easily take away from, and it sticks with us. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. And News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. I always want to end the show on a good note. And that good note is to tell you something good. So it seems that an endangered dog was spotted with a jug on his head. He's now safe after as many as 35 people searched for him last weekend. The search began Saturday in Gaddison, Alabama, after a mail carrier, that's Brittany Dunn, saw a brown sporting dog with his head stuck in a plastic jar while she was working. So here she is driving a little cart delivering mail. And what does she see? She sees a dog running down the street with a plastic jug on his head. Well, she pulled over and with the help of a man, she tried to catch the dog, but he wouldn't come to either of them. So she saw the dog a few more times on her route and he still wouldn't come to her. So after she she managed to get a picture of the dog and she circulated on Facebook and other people really started searching. 
So finding the dog quickly was essential because they had no way of knowing how the dog got the jug stuck on his head. They had no idea if the clear container was large enough to give the dog access to food and water. But eventually there were 35 people that Brittany rallied to help look for this dog. To be honest with you, it was another mail carrier, Ashley Smith, who was able to get her hands on the dog. She actually pounced on him and she got the jug off his head. So once they captured the dog, they realized how tired he was and how hungry he was. But otherwise, he seemed OK. So it really wasn't apparent to any of them if the dog was astray, if he was dumped, if someone abused him by sticking the jug on his head. But rescues kind of speculated that there might have been a cheese puff or two in the jug and that smell alone might have led him to stick his head in the jug. And that's how it got stuck. Well, a local resident, Jolene Fagan of Fagan Haven Rescue, was grateful for the outcome and for the people who came out to search. She said the people of Gadsden, Alabama, impressed her with their response to the animal's plight. And we agree with her. So good going. Gadsden, Alabama. We love you for helping this dog in need. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner, and supplements for your dogs and cats. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus, the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. You're likely listening to this at home, in your car, or somewhere warm. How would you feel if you were left in the bitter cold all night long, chained up? Please, take your dogs inside. Your dog is not going to be smarter or tougher because you made him suffer. Your dog is your partner. Treat him like a partner. If you're not respecting your animals, you're not respecting yourself. Do not leave your animal out in the cold. Please visit PETA to learn more. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. Did you know that humans can give COVID to their dogs and cats? I got the shots to protect myself, others, and my dogs, Maro, Wally, Hammy, and Church, as well as my cat, Hayden. My pets are my family, and I want to keep them safe. I encourage you to get the COVID-19 shot and the boosters. 